0: Welcome to the Best Human Podcast, an extension of the Best Human Project with your host, Professor Scott. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Scott Goddard. I also go by Professor Scott or sometimes just the professor. And this is the very first episode of the Best Human Podcast. Now, I thought, it being a brand new thing, that it would make a lot of sense to go over exactly what's going on here, right? What's my intentions? Who's this Professor Scott guy? Uh, What is the Best Human Podcast? And what can you expect from this space exactly? Well, all good questions, and I think you deserve an answer. So starting off with me, uh, Scott Goddard, almost 40 years old, and I have been absolutely driven by curiosity my whole life. I kind of think of myself more as an explorer uh, slash investigator of things because it's hard to find a topic I'm not curious about. Ever since I was a wee little boy, I had a lot of focus on just digging at the things that a lot of people didn't wanna talk about, you know, money, religion, politics, uh, and then even going beyond that into morality and philosophy. And no surprise, by the time I went to college, I was a philosophy and religions major because really in the depth of my mind, my biggest inquiry was always on how human minds work, right? Why and how do we make decisions How do we evaluate things? How do we understand the world? You know, what's the patterns that explain humans exactly? And so literally since I was like six, seven years old, I have journals detailing just this curiosity I've had. Thankfully, it hasn't killed the cat yet, but I have been in some situations where it definitely felt like this might be the wrong way to express this curiosity exactly, right? There's some danger abound sometimes. But after living such an unconventional life, I'm a non-traditionalist. I'm sometimes a contrarian. You'll learn to see that moving forward. I thought I'd love to share a lot of the things that I found, even a lot of things that I'm still finding as I continue through life, because people did it for me. You know, somebody helped me out at some point and life is tough, especially when you're young. You know, not everybody makes it through the experience as happy or as healthy as they could. And I'm one to look at that possibility and go, can we do better? Can we excel beyond what the science of management prescribes in our lives? Or are we just right uh, an algorithm, an equation? I simply am a certain height, a certain weight, and a certain socioeconomic class. And that's all I'm ever going to have to expect from my experience. Well, for me, I've had parts of my life which were so incredible. It just motivated me to think even more about like, how do we capture these moments? How do we seed them and make them more of a theme? You know, I think that our capabilities, our abilities are really incredible, but we are rarely able to access them fairly, right? We're rarely able to be ourselves comfortably because there's so much going on. We're kind of born into a ready-made world. And so for me, the Best Human Project really encompasses a life's work of trying to understand a lot of these things. You know, it includes everything, but has a specific focus on three major areas. You know, The first one being mental health, which is kind of vague. I think of it more as like mental health in the youth. Mental strength is a big part of that. And secondarily, resilience as the next step because, you know, we talk about mental health a lot nowadays. It's, it's a key word just like health and wellness has been a, a very popular idea in modern society. And I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm very much a big fan, but I don't always feel like it's being pursued where the outcome is trying to leave people healthier. Sometimes it's just being sold to you or it's prescribing like a lifestyle, right? With, with all the pretty pictures that Instagram requires as a part of it. I'm more focused on the individual um, and the idea that we can determine the best recipe for our lives if we're given the time to actually cook a little while, right? And find the flavors that we want, the style in which we prefer to live. But because we're born into this experiment in this way, a lot of the times our mental health is attacked from day one, because we're not given time to be sturdy and stably ourselves, we're immediately being influenced by things around us. It's not something you can prevent, but it is something we have to manage and sometimes probably create a better outcome from. Because it's, it's always a little bit of a game in those areas, and it can be very hard to navigate. So, as I said, one big focus is sort of mental health, especially maybe on the younger side of folks. But as it moves through life, uh, it can help with resilience. And when I think of resilience as a focus point, I think about something I like to call um, social and emotional porosity. And so hopefully you all know what porosity is. It's sort of pores, right? We have them on our skin. If you have a plastic bag, it's one of the reasons why if you store something in that bag, it may not stay in there perfectly forever because there's little holes in the bag, right? On the microscopic level and things like smells and flavors can leak in and out. And I think of our lives that way too. our experiences, we're constantly absorbing things through the five plus senses. And it's hard to manage all of that data. It's hard to really take it all in purely and know what to do with it. Some of us have more of a priority in one sense where, you know, some people are auditory, some people are more visual. So the information we receive through that medium can affect us deeper, can change the way we are a lot quicker or make us react faster. And sometimes that reaction is in character, right? It's along with how we want to be, but sometimes it creates those behaviors that we absolutely want to avoid, but can't seem to shake. And so I think resilience is a great idea in dealing with emotional and social porosity so we can understand better exactly how much we're absorbing and how much we need to express. You know, we consume a lot, like food, water, right? And things out of necessity, but we also consume ideas. And if you think of ideas, like you think of things like food and water, that means there can be ideas that are just straight up rotten or maybe ideas that are raw and not yet ripe, right? A lot of times we get wisdom early in life. We get it at a point where you still have to do the work. So you get this sort of raw wisdom and have to wait until it ripens with you. you know, some wisdom taking 10, 20, 30, 40, or even 50 or more years to ripen. I imagine, as I said, you know, I'm not yet 40, I'm 38. Maybe there's a type of idea that requires 50 years to ripen. And so am I aware of that? Am I trying to continue to ripen it? Or am I eating that thing raw, kind of misplacing the real value of its lesson? You know, there's a a great quote from history that life is a shitty teacher because it generally gives you the test before the lesson. And that's why they usually say trial and error is such a good way to learn things because you'll never know what the test is. But as soon as you're tested, you immediately kind of know what you need to learn to be able to figure it out the second time. Hopefully, it's a one and done kind of situation. One mess up and the second time it works. I think that sort of goes along with that old childhood phrasing. First is the worst, second is the best. Because if you think of it, the first time you're going to try something, the first time you're going to be exposed to something, it's a test, right? It's kind of the worst. But the second time, you'll at least have some better level of preparation because you are already tested. You've already gotten at least maybe a practice or a failure of practice at at that first run. So now we can move forward slightly better prepared each time. And so I think resilience is a big part of that, being willing to fail and get back up again, right? Being willing to take on an idea and hold it and not absorb it fully, right? Maybe it's gonna take a little bit longer than a moment. And in that way, uh, there's an old quote as well that comes up, that advice is a product you can always return to the story you got it from. Just because you hear something, just because somebody comments, it doesn't always mean we have to take it on as something that we immediately need to do. Not all questions need to be answered. Some questions are just bad actual questions. And our brains might create them. Social forces might create them. Other people's expectations might create them. But it's an interesting level of discipline that's required to create that kind of resilience. Right, Mental health into mental strength into resilience. So we know who we are and we know when we need to be that person and when we need to be more flexible than that person maybe is. So that's a big focus that I want to concentrate on with the Best Human Project as well. And then thirdly, one area I want to especially focus on is work intelligence, what I like to call WQ. And so if you're familiar with IQ, I think all of us have probably been tormented by that concept in our lives. That's that's intelligent quotient or intelligence quotient, sort of how smart are you? And they do say that IQ is set pretty much permanently when you're young. It doesn't change too much outside of injury and trauma. Your intelligence, it's kind of like the computer, right? It's built a certain way. The CPU has a certain amount of uh, gigahertz in it. The RAM has a certain amount of power to it. All of these things combine into its operation. But unless you physically change those parts, there's not really too much change to its potential. And that's IQ in a lot of ways, just how you come out. There's also EQ you might've heard of, uh, emotional intelligence or the emotional quotient. And that is something that changes. They say as you go through your life, you learn more and more how to deal with your emotions. Because if you think of it, we are all pretty much born with the same amount of emotions. Most babies, even the ones that cry versus the ones that don't, they seem to have the same amount of emotion in them, whether or not they always express it the same way. And so the thought is, you know, if we all start kind of with just a tub of emotions in us, as you move through life, the way those emotions present and the way you use them and learn from them and fail with them starts to determine your likelihood of how you use them moving forward. So emotional quotient changes a lot, but intelligence quotient, not so much. And now I'm creating this third category of work quotient or work intelligence more so. And the idea behind that is grounded that the IQ and EQ to me don't explain something. They explain a lot and they're a great, I think, starting point for a lot of understanding of self, a lot of understanding of interactivity. In my experience, having worked over 30 jobs in the last 30 years and as I said I'm not yet 40, so it's my life has been primarily work. I've been able to see just a lot of situations, hundreds, maybe even thousands of managers all solving problems differently. I've seen over 30 different ways to get hired, to leave a job, to change pay, to ask for more, to be acquired, you know, like there's all these components of experience to it. And so over time, I realized that if you were to tell me somebody's IQ and EQ standards, right? Like the way in which they show up, it still doesn't seem to explain something. And that is, it doesn't explain why there's times that people could be amazing as individuals, but horrible in the conditions of work. Now, I understand some people say, well, maybe it's that job specifically, but I have a best friend that I know is a beast at work. He's generally never failed at a job. Although sometimes you leave him because a job fails you. And there was a time that when I was working in manufacturing that I invited him to work in that company. You know, we're both in our late teens, early 20s. So they're kind of not throwaway jobs, but temporary jobs at the best. And he almost got me fired. He was so like just bad at it. And to me, it wasn't the you know physical job at hand. It was sort of just being a worker in that industry. He couldn't get it together. And in my mind, it was like, well, there's something else going on because it's not his emotional quotient, his EQ. It's not his IQ. There's something about work which removes access to ourselves or it changes it at least, right? You could have a room full of people getting along and somebody throws enough money on the table and everybody changes their behavior. It seems that the way in which work, jobs and money is created like a complex for a lot of people. Now, I think it started early on, but it's something that I think continues Through work and even past that, people who are retired and finished working still have like a weird and twisted relationship with what they've earned, what they've made, and their body of work, right? How much work should I do for a certain amount of money? When is it too much work or when is it too much money, right? Is that even a thing? I'm not really sure, but it seems a lot of high millionaires and billionaires, right? That upper crust of top 1%, they have all the resources, but seemingly none of the mental health. Kanye West is... I don't know if a great example, but he's an example of something of at least that even when you have the ability to pursue mental health and get help for what you have, it doesn't seem the amount of resources we have equals the amount of health we have. Although that is what we're sold, right? The only reason I can't be better is because I don't have enough money. But then the people who have a lot of money don't seem to be that much better than the people that I know or the people that you know and consider your best friends, right? It's rare I consider a better friend a friend with better finances, There's other ways we judge them. And so this work intelligence idea encompasses a lot of that complexity. Why does work remove access to ourselves? Why does it immediately get people's blood up? And why does it seem so hard to really answer the question, who do I wanna be when I grow up? When seemingly we're really being asked, what do you wanna do for money when you're older? Right? It starts off on the wrong foot from day one. And so this is another area I think is huge in focus for being able to help people become the best humans they are. Because it's not about becoming the richest person or the strongest person. That's not what it means to be the best human as far as the best human project is concerned. What I think about is the individual feeling of humanity. What does it mean to be the best you? Because I could try to be other people. I might be an okay other person. But I'm going to be best at being myself. I have to know what that means first. What my values are of humanity. What do I actually want to be? How do I actually want to express my being? And then what does that mean when I'm entering in society and interacting with other people and I'm now part of a community? Because if we're never given that chance to understand ourselves primarily, it's going to be very hard to dance around the walls when the paint's not dry. Ideally, it's going to change things. and, And in some areas, it feels like permanent changes, hopefully. We can continue to create that change ourselves instead of always receiving change or sort of things happening to us. We can make things happen. And so that is really a lot of the core features of what I believe, uh, is valuable about the best human project. It's creating what I like to call high potency humanity. Because if you're able to think about what your values of humanity are, what you think is the most important or the most central features to the human experience, then you're going to be able to excel based on those standards, right? Everybody has a life, but we all experience it differently. You know, some folks are colorblind and some folks aren't. So we know that there are major and significant ways that we view the world differently. I mean, I remember being a little kid and they said that your brain literally flips what your eyes see upside down and backwards, which shows that like even through vision, our brain requires a lot of adjustment to what's coming in to even make sense of it. And I think about that a lot with this project. High potency humanity would be the idea that once you're able to understand how you want to live, that we can rank it up to its highest potency. If you were to think of the way in which you live, like it was an Olympic game, right? Instead of running the 400 or doing the high jump, you're being a good father. Or instead of uh, doing a marathon or swimming at distance, the butterfly stroke, you're trying to uh, survive high school and be friendly and keep your head and wits about you. There's a lot of ways in which we can live in which we right, are challenged in living. And to me... A lot of folks, if they go to the Olympics, that's amazing, right? What an honor to be an Olympian. And in the same way, what an amazing thing to actually figure out how you want to live or what you think is valuable about life. Not everybody gets there, but some of us are able to access it. And I think it's, I think it's a great thing to do. But then there's levels above that. Even higher potencies. You can get to the Olympics. You can understand what you want to do in life. But now there's medals above that, right? You can be silver or gold level in that standard. And I don't mean because you're racing other people, because somebody's beating you to the punch kind of thing, not competitive socially. I'm talking about more a level of inner growth competition where you're saying, can I strive to do even better knowing I'm an Olympian, but I could be a medalist, right? I can be a great father, but I can be the best dad that I can be, or I can be a great sister, brother, mother. I mean, there's so many ways to describe relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband. How can I rank it up to the next level where it's not only me doing it, but it's me thriving at it? It's helping me in other areas that I'm so good at this specifically, right? It's starting to create confidence and esteem and personal strength and understanding of self. And if we can take that inertia, right, that that great level of personal development, it can start to affect the other things in positive ways. And I don't mean positive like all the hippie Boy Scout ways that I think we could easily list. I mean positive in accordance with your worldview and your value system. Your life is yours to live, and the recipe that makes the most flavor from it has to be your own. Certainly, other people have done things. We're patterned animals, so it's great when somebody can help you out or somebody can save you the time, but there's no such thing as a real shortcut. I want my life to be as long as possible and as prosperous as possible, so why would I want to shorten areas of it or ignore areas of it? It all counts, and I guarantee you, When folks are looking at the end of their lives, the main thing they think of is how did I spend my time and how did I want to spend my time? It's often said, nobody said, I wish I had more time in the office. They usually say, I wish I spent more time with the people I loved, right? My ethical community, those I care about the most and those who care about me the most. And I think there's a way, even with all of the complexity and expectations of society, that we can still keep the things we believe are important in focus while still excelling at some of the maybe less core alignments, right? Things like just having to make money, having to deal with certain aspects of society. I mean, hey, I wanna live in a house someday and I can tell you thinking about that can definitely start to trigger a lot of these limitations of self, right? It's hard to think clearly when there's so many rules, when there's so many things to have to consider. So I think it's great if we're able to create our own version of humanity, our best human self and take it to its highest potency possible by not only becoming the Olympian level, but becoming like the gold medal Olympian, striving to really push our lives in that way. That has been what I've been doing since I could think of it. And over the last three years, I've created a program that can hopefully help folks be able to go through a practice that can start to illuminate these areas and help us develop towards a brighter and brighter shine. Right? We want that human spark to take us beyond what the science of management prescribes. Because a lot of the algorithm, right, a lot of what we're told is just what's defendable on paper. It sounds real good, but humans are amazing. We can do things which science could never describe, which uh, math could never predict. And I think that to me, that is what it means to really pursue the highest potency humanity and become the best human you are. And so if you like that sort of stuff, you can expect in the future... Topics related to that, explorations of the human experience, and even for the fun of it, right, I've worked for over 30 companies. I have an incredible amount of stories related to work, things that you just wouldn't believe, things that you hopefully can believe in because of how unique they were and how they showed me different aspects of what's going on beyond what school provided, what my parents' expectations made me feel. There's a lot more options out there than a lot of us think of. And a lot of times we do need an example of what it is before we can believe in it. And so I will be here as an example of exactly how we might be able to attain those upper levels of existence, right? Self-actualization, true mental strength, and the ability to thrive in as many areas as you want. It's not my rules. You need to make your own rules for living. But I can help you. I guarantee that I was helped. And so we can help each other get to a point where we can truly succeed in the ways in which we define. And so that is the biggest part of what this program is all about. Now, I understand that it's gonna involve way more than just those three basic ideas that I said, You know, between resilience, mental strength, and work intelligence. We're gonna include everything we can because if you think about life as a circle, it includes a lot more than it does as a line which starts and ends at a certain point. I want my life to be round and roll with me, right? Seems that wheels have a much easier time moving than lines do, and so we're going to use a lot of that type of thinking to create personal benefit. Right, take our inner strength and and push it as far as we can, knowing that even once you're good and you know what you are, there's still an incredible amount of challenges out there because now there's other people and they're always going to present more challenge. So if you don't know who you who or if you don't know who you are, it's going to be near damn impossible to navigate those choppy waters. And that's what we're here to do. Uh, And so for this very first episode, I wanted to go over a lot of that just to let you know. My thought is this is gonna be a platform where you'll hear some monologues like this one, Evermore Guided. We're gonna have meditations here, interviews with the best humans I can find, people who really exemplify these ideas and can tell you about what it's like to live as a high-potency human being, what it is to strive for a higher level of understanding. And if life was a fruit, how to squeeze it to get every little piece of juice out of it that you can. To me, I want my life to be growing and I want to get as much as I can from it moving forward more and more every day and I'm here to help you find that path as well. So please join me here at the Best Human Project in exploring those areas and curiously moving towards those and seeing exactly what it provides because there is more than we know and the only way we're gonna get it is by looking for it. So thank you once again for joining me here. I also uh, will be on TikTok. So if you want to check out Best Human Project on TikTok, I'll be putting up videos there as well, especially on the mental health side of things. Uh, And I will also be on LinkedIn sooner than later because Work Intelligence can definitely find a home with some of the audiences in that strange website. So those will be the areas you'll especially find me if you're curious, but you can always just come straight back here as I will be posting up hopefully about twice twice a month, maybe once a week, as I settle into this rhythm of production. So thank you once again for joining me today. And I'll leave you with just this one last bit. Be well and good luck, my friends. I'll see you next time.